Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. The key to winning big is using every little bit of knowledge to your advantage. At Odds Checker, we give you the edge. Better odds, better picks, and better offers to make you a better better. Why settle for less? Quickly compare the odds at every sportsbook to ensure that you're getting the best price to maximize your return. Visit us at www.oddschecker.com backslash US. Odds Checker. Sports betting smarter. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's March 20th, 2020. You're listening to the still surviving PokerCast. I'm Chris Casenza. <laughs> and I'm Scott Long. <laughs> We're still oh, alive, but stay six feet away from me. Stay six feet away from me. <laughs> I tell you, I was thinking this morning. I'm like, uh, let's have a social distancing home game for old time's sake. We have to hire a Lance as our dealer, though. He's the only one that could pitch cards that far. I think uh, <laughs> six feet away. We'd have to have one of those ginormous uh, Caesar's tables. Remember one of those huge tables when we went on our tour of all the poker rooms? Yes, yes. The table was like nine feet, ten feet, twelve feet. I don't know what it was, but it was so big. Can you possibly have a, a a home game with social distancing? I mean, is that really even... I don't think that's even possible. Uh, no, no, it, it's absolutely impossible. And uh, so we do have a um, uh, listener spotlight that came in this week uh, where somebody kind of asking about that. I didn't put it on this show because this show is going to be all coronavirus all the time here, right, but right. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll definitely talk about it next week. But yeah, it's... Uh, you know, this, this whole thing has proved challenging everywhere. So, um, you know... If you, if you don't care about social distancing and don't mind spreading this virus, then yeah, you can still have a home game. But otherwise, I don't know how you <laughs> do it. <laughs> don't invite us because we're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> we are holed up. Scott's at uh, Antioch headquarters north, and I'm at Antioch headquarters south. Hunkered down in the bunker. <laughs> Hunkered down in the bunker. I'm really. Somebody, somebody's got to cut that song, right? Hunkered <laughs> down in the bunker. It sounds like a. I was going to say it's a country song. song, but I don't know. Yeah, that. yeah. There's going to be a Ford pickup in that, that song somewhere. <laughs> I was getting a breakup. <laughs> it's tough because I'm I'm trying to like I I I feel fine, no problems, but yeah, you yeah. know all the kids are off and I, we have to pitch in and like babysit for them while the real adults work. And I'm like, I, I don't want to see my grandkids right now because I don't want them to come in and bring me the coronavirus. You know, how do I know where that when they go home or where they're going or who's going to see them? I'm not going to give it to them and they're going to bring it to me. And it's such a such a weird time. Like none of this makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, it all makes sense, I guess. But it, it, it's just so surreal that it's it's gotten to this point this quickly. And you know, I was telling a friend the other day. Well, actually, my my wife was saying she's like, I know you're skeptical about all this stuff, and I'm like, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm skeptical until there are facts. So when this first thing started, it seemed like a lot of hysteria, not a lot of facts. Now it's completely different. Now it's a lot of facts. There's still a lot of hysteria as I went to the 
grocery store this morning and couldn't get toilet paper. Still don't understand that whole thing, but uh, but but as more and more facts come out, I become less and less skeptical, right? That that's our journalistic background, right? So yeah. we're skeptical in general, and then you start asking questions, and then you're like, all right, now I understand, and now I'm not as skeptical. So I'm not as skeptical now as I was, but it's you go back and just see how quickly things have changed, and um, you know, it used to say like four to eight hours, but now it's been more. But like you know, every day it's just crazy how much more we have. So. I, you go back to our shows a little while ago, and we're talking about the World Series possibly getting canceled. And the world, I'm saying, like, well, they'll just, you know, they're just the flights will be banned in. You won't have anybody from other countries, but, you know, there's plenty of people who can drive there and play. Yeah, I'm saying to myself, yeah. but it's not that. It's it's now, hey, it's because we don't want to get it and give it and fill up the hospital right. beds that aren't there. It's like, yeah. wow, it's just crazy how it just spiraled out of control so quickly. Yeah, no doubt. So. Uh, well, we have a lot to go over today. It's going to be mostly uh, coronavirus here, but let me just run through this list of staggeringly long list of stuff that's happened since we, <laughs> we talked last week, Chris. Uh, and this isn't even everything. This is only the stuff that I could remember or I could find. But right. uh, all casinos in Nevada, Ohio, Connecticut, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Iowa, Kansas, Delaware, Louisiana, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, Colorado, Massachusetts, Maryland, and possibly some other states have been ordered to shut down for two to four weeks, depending on the state. Dozens of other casinos or poker rooms have voluntarily shut their doors for at least the next two weeks. It's almost easier actually, to list of places that don't, that are staying yeah. open. It's such a shorter list. It, it really is, it is a, a much shorter list. And even then, I don't even want to list them because by the time we get done with the show, they could be all closed <laughs> That's too. I true. got more, two more emails this morning when I woke up. That's from true. Uh, the National Indian Gaming Association has asked Congress for $18 billion in federal aid. The American Gaming Association has, has also said that some sort of relief will be needed for laid-off uh, casino workers. The Annie Up Spring Poker Classic at Gila River Hotels and Casinos Viquiva was postponed after two events. Almost every other poker series that was in progress or scheduled to start within the next month in the United States has been postponed or canceled, and some of them with ICM deals. And series around the world continue to be postponed or canceled as well. No changes have been announced yet for this summer's World Series of Poker in Las Vegas, but it, that's looking more and more likely like something's going to have to happen. Uh, but However, the World Series of Poker did launch the online Super Circuit Series for players in Nevada, Delaware, and New Jersey, which will run through the end of the month. That was to replace many of the circuit events, live circuit events, that have been canceled. Yeah. yeah. The April Antioch Poker Cruise was canceled as part of the cruise line industry's temporary shutdown. Uh, we are holding off on printing our April issue, and we'll combine it with our May and June issues as well, too. So uh, you have to, you know, read back issues. <laughs> uh, Doyle Brunson and other poker pros have self-isolated themselves to avoid any possible spread. Sean Deeb suggested pros to take their money out of poker rooms that in the you know, those lockboxes they have there, right? Yeah. Um, in case they need it for living expenses, that was very good advice, seeing as every casino shut down. <laughs> right. uh, online wagering site PokerShares briefly offered betters the option of wagering on the number of coronavirus cases in the United States before, surprise, <laughs> they got a lot of negative feedback about that. <laughs> Persuaded them to end the option. Uh, with all the casino shutdowns, Daniel Grano has called on the federal government to finally regulate online poker everywhere. This one was interesting. Elite Chip Care, a company that cleans and sanitizes poker chips, has reported a sharp increase in business inquiries. Not shocking. Mm. And just in time for one, we'll all be spending so much time at home. Poker Queens, a poker documentary featuring several female po uh, pro players, is now available on Amazon Prime. 
Man, that's a Ooh. huge list. It, it's uh, a long time for our listeners to have to hear you talk, too. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't help to calm their nerves any, did it? <laughs> uh, the best part of all that, I think, uh, was Danny Negreanu. I mean, that, that makes so much sense now. It's like, hey, guys, you want to try to save the economy a little bit, make some money if you want, and also give everyone hope to do something at home? Here you go. Let us all play poker online if we want to. You know. Now, I will say I agree with you and him that this is a good way of using this crisis um, to advance something that we all would like to see, right? Yeah. Um, kind of the problem with it, though, is much like this, uh, the payroll tax idea that, that Trump offered before, you know, his team came up with a better way of getting money in. What they said was, you know, hey, that's going to take six to eight months to get money into consumers' hands. We need something that works a little quicker. So even if tomorrow Congress, which has got nothing to do right now, right? They're not right. voting on bailouts or anything else. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> even if they did tomorrow and said, yeah, online poker is good to go everywhere, you know, you're looking at a year, 18-month rollout, right, uh, before that happens. Now, that's great. But the other thing that we're dealing with now is we've got some serious financial problems for our brick-and-mortar casinos and poker rooms. Um, you know, you mentioned the aid that uh, they asked for. Um, uh, and we're going to need that industry to come back as quickly as possible, too. So in a weird way, those two things work against each other, don't they? I guess so, because you're, you're hoping that once they're open, that all of our patrons and all of our fans and listeners or whatever, they they go and play so that the right. poker rooms can right. survive. And, yeah, and you don't want them to just now stay home. I think uh, what he's saying is that if you had online poker or something like this happened, you could still sustain some sort of way of paying for your own bills if you're a professional player or if you're got nothing to do at home and you're holed up. Now you're giving them something sort of to you know stay well, yeah, positive yeah. over. So certainly yeah. it would be positive cash flow for brick and mortar casinos who run the online run exactly pay their workers so they don't have to lay them all off. So. Yeah, so it's more of a, hey, if you guys weren't such fuddy-duddies over these last five, six years, <laughs> you wouldn't have had, you won't have to consider this massive bailout that is being asked for, which who knows if that's even going to happen. I mean, every industry in the world is asking for bailouts now, so there's only so much money to go around, right? right. So, um, and I'm going to guess there's not going to be a lot of sympathy for the casino industry um, over airlines and cruise ships and small businesses and things like that so um uh what the national indian gaming association did to mention is like you know hey this money that we make goes to our members to pay for their health care um and basic living expenses and because we are a, a sovereign tribe we don't have a taxing uh, authority right so you know cities and c counties can do uh taxation things to to generate revenue their money comes all from casinos. So it's an interesting uh, argument to make, but uh, that's not going to work so well for the American Gaming Association, I don't think. But, yeah. Um, but certainly, I mean, it, 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 that's that's the real thing. When you think about, um, you know, kind of feel like we're going through the stages of grief here. Yeah. <laughs> Where first it's surprise and then anger and then I can't believe they're closing. Where am I going to play to really understanding how severe this whole thing is for everybody and the tough thing is um you know obviously we want casinos to get back open as quickly as possible and, and do it safely uh, but there are a lot of workers that are going to be crushed by this absolutely crushed 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're seeing that too with bars and restaurants and stuff like too. I mean, these are folks that work for tips, and when there's not, you know, people buying drinks or food or playing poker, they're not getting tips, and that money doesn't come back when it starts, right? I mean, we're just going to pick back up where we left off, hopefully. Right, and everyone's going to be in a hole for however many it's weeks. It's not like everybody's going to start tipping ten bucks a pot now, right? To make up for all the pots that they didn't get to play, right. and they did. So um, that's going to be truly, truly devastating. And you look at some of these photos of, you know, like somebody posted the other day of, of it might even been on an Antioch fans page, um, a picture of the Vegas Strip completely shut down. Yeah, that know. was yeah, that was Antioch fans. That's right. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you're used to seeing like wall-to-wall people on the road so much that I don't even go to the Strip when I go to Vegas anymore because it's just too congested with people yeah. to like nothing, right? Nothing. It's it's so eerie. Um, and in that community, in that, that city, I mean, so much of the people that live there make their money off the hospitality industry. You know, some get an actual wage. Most it's typical. And... Uh, a lot of them work really uh, you don't want to say paycheck to paycheck but tip to tip yeah and so i don't know what that's going to mean in terms of the the spiral of it you know so now if we're not playing we're not tipping those folks aren't making money are they not able to pay their rent not able to pay for electricity and that did they get kicked out i mean obviously the government is shut down on um or put a ban on evictions foreclosures for a while so at least they won't be put on the street but you know, at some point you got to come back out of this, right? And it's the coming back out of it that's really got me worried. How long that that ramp up is, and um, and then on a lesser scale, even talking about, I mean, some of these folks that that, that don't have a job now because they're out. I mean, you got to you got to feed yourself, right? So yeah. I would think they're going to try to find whatever work they can get somewhere else, and it's possible they might find a better job. That'd be great. Um, so when you go back to your favorite poker room here in a month, hopefully. Um, you may have all new dealers there, right? So, yeah, yeah. And and if you think about that in in, in a way, I mean, one of the bigger things that I, I, I I'm upset about that, that that this virus happened. I'm not upset with what everybody's doing to stop it because that's important. But, um, you know, how many how many folks go to the poker room and, and that's their social outlet, right? I mean, you can say the same thing about bars and stuff as well too, but. You know, especially in the morning at these poker rooms around the country, it's the same group of guys, right? They get up every morning, they go there, they play the same game for a couple hours, and they go home, and that's that's their social interaction, right? Yeah. So part of that's uh, the other players, but a lot of us, they, they get to know the dealers and the staff and stuff, so that's going to be kind of a little shock when they go back if, if, if it's not the same staff. Um, and some of these poker rooms are going to have to completely, you know, restaff anyhow. Um, and... You know, you talk to um, a lot of our friends who have opened poker rooms, left and opened. I mean, they usually get a good 18 months, if it's a decent poker room, to, to launch. You know, you're not going to have 18 months now. <laughs> you're going to want to be ready to go as soon as, you know, the government says go. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we haven't figured out yet on this that's going to be pretty rough, I think. What, what scares me, too, about the industry is that it'll also give the higher-up executives an opportunity to look at their businesses and say, hey, what's the quickest way we can make our money back? And they're not going to yeah. think the poker room is it. They're going to think, oh, we can put more slots in that real estate, yeah. which is so valuable. And we may lose a bunch of rooms after this, too. That That's what's really concerning. It's a very real possibility, absolutely. Right? And then, yeah. so then even more so that in those states where there's just a few rooms hanging on, you know, eventually the state doesn't have any poker, and now, boom, you need the online poker there because no one can play poker in their state because they have no more room. So 
it's just it's just a it's a scary proposition um we just to see what happens as time goes by and you know i mean you, you just don't know what's going to happen we know it's going to get worse we know there is a lot of charts floating around that compared like italy to america and how they were two weeks old difference or whatever it was but the the number of cases that kept coming up you know we're, we're rivaling what italy was doing and italy is just absolutely shut down and, and yeah, decimated right now yeah. decimated so we're a much larger country than them so um i think that you can absorb a little bit of a bigger hit when you're you know seven eight ten times the size of italy but at the same time it just means that many more people are going to get it so it's uh it's definitely concerning. Yeah, I think the chart I saw this morning, thirteen, almost 14,000 cases in Italy and a little bit more than 1,000 right now in the U.S., but based on the spacing of it, right? So, um, you know, there's nothing to suggest that our cases aren't going to dwarf that at some point, um, other than the fact that hopefully we got a little bit more ahead of it than they did. But, um, but you know, there, there are still some casinos and programs that have not shut down that are um, – you know, going forward and, and, and cleaning and doing all the other stuff they can do and think that it's all right. So there are still people out there playing. Yeah. You know, I guess history will let us know whether that's smart or not. So, you know, it, it's a difficult thing. And, you know, I, I think most of our, our, our listeners know how invested I am in, uh, in the community I live in. And, you know, so a lot of my friends own businesses here, restaurants, bars, shops, and um and I spent a lot of time these last couple of days talking to them and you know we're all in the same boat and the you know how do we get through this you know it's not like it's you can just turn the lights most of them you can't just turn the lights off and come back in two months and be fine right right um <clears throat> so you've got that kind of stress and as a customer you want to help them out if you're in the position to help them out but at the same time you're you're trying to do right by what the government's telling you about not going out and doing that kind of stuff so i think that's the same thing we're looking at here at the these poker rooms and casinos i mean part of it is just our desire to continue playing and need that social outlet but some of us wanting us to you know make sure that poker room is still going to be there in two months so um, so how do you balance that with the, the health concerns of going out and when they, they encourage you to really stay home? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's that's tough because I think both things are coming from a, your heart, right? But they're coming from two sides of your heart, and they don't reconcile well. So um, I'm curious how long the World Series of Poker can hold off on, on making an announcement. I mean, uh, they're supposed to start around Memorial Day, so – Again, it's a little bit more two months from now, which does seem like a long time. So I'm certainly not suggesting that they they cancel yet. But, um, you know, the the day of reckoning is going to come pretty soon, I think. You're looking at Vegas casinos right now that are shut down for a month. That was a couple days ago. But still, it's more than three and a half weeks before they could even think to reopen. Um, and, And that all depends on them being allowed to reopen now. So... An interesting thing I was talking to with one of my hospitality friends yesterday was like, uh, he's like, you know, I'm uh, not about casinos, but bars here. Our, our bars in Florida are shut down for 30 days. And he's like, you know, they could have just announced two weeks. But if they feel that there's a chance in two weeks they had to extend it, now you're just angering people more, right? Yeah. It's better to, it's better to say you're going to be shut down for 30 days, and then if somehow miraculously we get through this and less than that, and then you can open up sooner, then everybody's excited, right? So that's kind of a potential here as well, too. But, 
you know, you're looking at the middle of April before they can even reopen, and that's six weeks before uh, the series starts. And we don't know what's going to happen with all these travel bans. We we don't know how many players are going to want to come back right now. You know, I mean, what's the – here's the thing is now we're – a lot of this is kind of weird that now we're forced to stay home more, right? Yeah. And we're concerned about it, so what do we do? We watch more TV news, right? Now, some of that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> But I can tell you, as my mother-in-law and father-in-law, uh, you don't want those folks watching TV news 12 hours a day. No, <laughs> That's no, not helpful, right? No. Um, so I, I just don't know. I mean, even after you get an all-clear, how many people are going to actually going to believe an all-clear when that happens, right? Um, so there's still going to be some lingering economic issues where people stay home a little longer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we... There's, there's, it's not like a hurricane where like, hey, all right, it's passed, and now go back out, right? I don't, I don't really know when you pull the plug on all this stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that works out. But um, uh, One thing I want to say is that when you were talking earlier about Italy and here, I think you said we had 1,000 cases. I think I don't know if you meant to say that, but it's it's way more than that. It's like 8,300 8, cases now in America. Oh. So. I don't know what you meant. I don't know if you were going to say ten thousand. You thought it was close to ten thousand too, or whatever. But anyway, just, it's yeah, it's it's like eighty three hundred people this morning. So it's 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 right on par with what Italy is. This is the point that I'm saying. It's going to yeah. get way more than it's going to get way. Yeah, exactly. Being a bigger country, so um, so yeah. So we we've heard a lot about this Poker Queens documentary. I don't have a lot of information on it now. They've been it's been in production for gosh a couple of years now. It seems like when yeah. they first reached out to us, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're all we're all going to get very acquainted with Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu here in the next couple of weeks. So if you're looking for some poker programming, um, definitely check that out and let us know what you think. Um, and uh, you know, other than that, I think we're going to be watching a lot of old world poker tour show. <laughs> what like was that. Uh, what was that ESPN poker show that only lasted a little while that we that we liked, and then they just took it off the air with the. Oh, the, the the pro, the, the they had the little blue jackets yeah. that Mark Safe was the host for, <laughs> and and they no no it was the it was the the fictional the fictional show it was oh the fictional show Tilt Tilt that was that what it was called Tilt yeah, yeah this is yeah. when you wish they had like ten seasons of Tilt yeah that you can not go back and binge watch but it's only one season. That is a good one to go back and watch, though. That was kind of fun. With what was the guy's name? Toro, El Toro, or whatever his name was. <laughs> and then remember they had the oh, you can see that kid clicking his hand like he's an online pro clicking his hand as to tell at the live table. He's like, look at him trying to click, click, click. He's got a big hand. <laughs> oh man, love it. Love I love it. that show, man. <laughs> oh man. Um, so um, you know, I, I guess a couple more things we could talk about this week. I mean, we don't know what what we're going to have to talk about going forward, but so I don't want to. Uh, spend all of our capital here but uh you know people are going to start wondering what we do i mean for me this is a good opportunity for you to start practicing your game you know if you can't play it obviously you can join us on papes on the sixes again remember and go to the any up fans facebook page and get the information on how to, how to join that that's definitely something we could suggest um but otherwise spend some time uh, working on your game you know this is kind of like what we talked about after black friday i like how they called it dark tuesday this week <laughs> But <laughs> all the casinos shut down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a good time to, you know, grab that poker book off the shelf, uh, off your bookshelf, and read it again. And, um, you know, do all some practice hands. You know, this doesn't have to be a hiatus from poker for you. Um, it could be a, 
actually a very good opportunity for you to um, study your your game because I think that's one of the things that what folks struggle with is you want to go out and play, but you also want to get better at it. And so when you have the option of playing, you're always going to choose that, right? Well, you know, the, other, the other thing so. you should do is uh, go to AnnieUpMagazine.com and check our strategy out. You know, yeah, I didn't tag <laughs> 10 years of strategy columns for nothing. So <laughs> when we redid our website, go on there and go you go all the way back. Oh, yeah, all kinds of pros writing for us over the years. We had Joe Navarro writing for almost a decade, just giving us all of his tells and how to identify him and... You know, and plus all of our current writers have tons of stuff on there. So, you know, there's a lot of strategy out there for you to, to, to learn and extract. If you've kept your hands over the years, you know, if you've kept track of your hands and your, your tendencies and stuff like that, it's a good chance to revisit all that. A lot of our poker coaches had advised you to have been doing that all along is to, you know, keep track of your sessions and keep track of your hands. And now if you do, here's a good chance for you to do it. And like Scott was saying earlier, you know, you know, our Annie Up fans group is not just there for us to post recaps of this show. I mean, it's there for you to get feedback on hands, you know, or, or situations that you're in, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, one of our advertisers, Advanced Poker Training, that guy, I yep. mean, he's got all kinds of stuff on that site. You know, you join that thing and, and you can learn, too. So there there's so much stuff out there for you, especially in the internet. The internet didn't shut down, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So take advantage. Yep, take absolutely. advantage of this time. To, uh, to really become a better poker player and hopefully when this passes you'll be able to get out there and, and, and win some more money. So. And listen to our shows for the last 15 years too. You got some funny stuff way in the back in the day too. So, you know. Yeah, what is stuff. it? We were, did a count the other day. Was it what? 700 shows or something? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that easily that many because we did yeah. I mean, we did we haven't missed a we really haven't missed a week since 2005. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, if there's 52 a year from 5 to 15, that's already 525 or so. So, I mean, we, yeah, we're up in the 700s pretty soon. It's going to be 800. It's yeah. crazy. So there's a lot to choose from out there. Okay, any updates? Join the Annie Up Fans Group Facebook page uh, and post within the group to get the feedback on those hands or ask call to four questions. Just discuss anything poker. Uh, Annie Up Store, if you want, you can check out our 11 vintage Annie Up logo designs on merchandise at AnnieUpMagazine.com slash shop. Uh, check out t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone, laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more. Uh, with your choice of Annie Up Magazine, Annie Up PokerCast, or Annie Up Poker Tour logos. Also, we love hearing from our fans, so if you have a hand of the week, uh, somehow... <laughs> <laughs> Or a listener spotlight, or even a call to floor submission that you somehow remember when the last time you could call the floor. Uh, email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com, or you can post in that Annie Up fans uh, on Facebook, and we'll uh, put it on the future show. Each week, we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we'll send them something cool. This week's prize is a setup of J Design playing cards, the official playing cards of Annie Up Poker Cruises, available at classicplayingcards.com. Uh, can we still ship those cards, Scott? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we. Is I, I, I'm the post office sure Dick, open? Sign <laughs> uses all proper CDC. Uh, okay. Uh, regulations. Uh, <laughs> this comes from Matthew Miranda. He said, first off, love the podcast and all the insights you both bring on a weekly basis. Thank you very much. Uh, during my time playing poker, especially during the last two sessions, I've noticed that my heart rate is elevated about 100 to 130 beats per minute. And that my Apple Watch uh, high heart rate alert has only gone off during times of being at the table, whether it's poker or craps or baccarat. 
For reference, sitting at my day job is about 60 to 80 beats per minute, and my workouts are, workouts are about 150 to 180. Two questions. Can people ultimately see this and use this additional information against me? And then what are some techniques to control the rate beyond simple things like controlled breathing and getting up every once in a while? Well, I'll take this real quick. The, the first thing I would suggest is lose the watch. <laughs> I don't wear the watch. Uh, turn off that mechanism while you're playing. That's you know in the well, old days. Because I don't have an April uh, an April watch. I don't have an April watch either. But I don't have an Apple watch. So, right. Um, are are people able to see those alerts, or are you only getting it like yourself? Well, I think the screen will light up, or there'll be some sort of noise or something that you have it triggered so that you know. Something's okay. going on, but like this it's an alert. So if, it, if it's possible for people to see it, then yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, or hear it. It's, it's only alert. you that's getting that information. I don't think that's a big deal. But, yeah, but it makes right, it sound ahead. like he says, uh, my high heart rate alert has gone off at the table. Yeah. So, that, so something's going on there. So first of all, lose the watch. Uh, that's the first thing. Because, you know, in the old days, you know, they'd have to look at your carotid artery or whatever, your pulse in your neck to see if you were nervous or whatever. That's probably still possible, but yeah. <laughs> you're not so, going to be I mean, able to get rid of that. Yeah, so you can't get rid of that, but you can at least not, you know, broadcast it to the whole place on your wrist. Uh, that's the first thing. And can they use that information against you? Absolutely. That's the whole, like a whole chapter on that, and a lot. Well, most of the tell books um, have stuff like that, but also even Super System Doyle Brunson, you know, although he won't be at the table with you now because he's, you know isolate himself but if he was there and he could see your neck throbbing he would know that your heart is racing when does your heart race you know it it depends i mean he might get some sort of baseline on you when he's first playing with you but most people when they're nervous you know their heart rate goes up so why would you be nervous you're the type of player that's nervous because you have a big hand most people when they're really really have a big hand shake you know because they're so excited they're going to win so a lot of people will interpret your your heart rate going up because you're you're, you're going to get a huge pot right now. It's weird. I'm not like that. When I'm at the table and I know I'm going to win, I'm the calmest cucumber, <laughs> coolest cucumber, whatever, ever. I don't, I don't ever, ever, ever have my heart race when I have a huge hand. I'm totally relaxed because I know I'm going to win. I think it's when I'm I'm nervous I'm not going to win or that they're going to call me and I'm not going to win this pot and I don't have the best hand. I think that's when I get nervous. Um, or uh, when I'm bluffing, I think I, I tend to to be a little more nervous then because you know i'm i'm putting it all at risk right now i'm nervous so i guess they would probably play with you for a while before they knew what that meant but some guys can put it together pretty quickly especially professionals been doing their whole lives so yes that that could be used against you um not about techniques to control your heart rate other than breathing and that's basically what they teach you as a you know most professional in anything any kind of endeavor uh from its athletic or whatever they they learn to breathe and control their breathing and keep their heart rate down so that they can focus and not have so much adrenaline going through them when they want to achieve what they're they're doing, whether it's, you know, bowling or something. I don't know. That's an easy one for me. But um, is there any other way you can control the heart rate, Scott? I don't know. I don't know. But if somebody has an idea, I'll, I'll need it as I binge watch Kate Winslet movies. <laughs> Self isolation. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I, uh, I don't. But yeah, that it's definitely something worth googling. You know, at the end of the day, you got to remember that we're human beings, and your body works how it wants to work. So there's only so much you can do to trick your body, right? So, um, you know, it's not surprising to me that uh, your your heart rate is higher um, when you're in either stressful or exciting situations, which is what poker craps and baccarat can be. They sometimes is both, right? So. Right, right. 
you're not going to be able to control that. But I think also, I mean, I don't think this is – I wouldn't be surprised if you put an Apple Watch on everybody at the table if their um, heart rate was elevated, right? Yeah. I think, again, you can't trick your body. So you know, your body is going to when – you, when you're pushing all your chips in to a pot, your heartbeat's going to be beating harder because you're stressed and excited about that, right? So – um, I think it's a matter of uh, what he says is is how visible that is to other players. So, um, you know, right, if your arteries beating like, you know, an Adam's apple, <laughs> you're going to need to figure out a way uh, to cover that up. But um, and that's why I asked about the Apple Watch. I mean, if you just I mean, people get alerts all the time on their Apple Watches. So I don't know whether how easy it is to notice that that's a high heart rate alert or whether that's an email coming in right so if, if it's if you can um if it's not noticeable then i i, I don't think i worry about it too much but but yeah do do understand that everybody else is having the same kind of thing so um you know you go back to and read we talked about reading um our archives you know all of our joe navarro stuff on our website is fantastic for this so you know tells and things like that so i'm sure he's gotten into this in the past i just can't remember anything off the top of my head right now but well the other thing too i want to say is that there you can i don't see the benefit of the watch at the table at all unless you were to somehow uh turn it against them if they all of a sudden think they understand what the heart rate means or whatever if there's some way to make your watch make that noise at your convenience you know, so they'll think you're nervous, you're bluffing when you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, but it's something like that. But for me, I don't see any benefit of having the watch at the table. I, they tell you what time it is, well, your phone will do that. Check your email, your phone will do that. You know, you can put that in your pocket or at the table where it's not listening to your heart or turn off the heart thing, you know, while you're at the table or something. So uh, I just don't. <laughs> see you flatlining. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's dead. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, I don't know any reason to have that that watch, but if you insist on having it, then maybe get it to work to your advantage somehow. I, I don't know how that would be, but I would just put it in my pocket and use my use my phone for the time and email and whatever else I need it for. Yeah, and I would say that getting up every once in a while is good advice for all players, regardless of it. You yeah, know, yeah. there's so much so much benefit you get from taking a lap around the room, going to the restroom, um, stepping outside to get some fresh air. You know, obviously in a tournament it's a little more difficult to do that because you know you've got blinds and annies and things like that. Um, so it's a little harder. But in a cash game, you don't have those pressures. So you know, it's probably good um, to kind of regulate that anyhow. Just you know, regardless of whether you're doing well or not, whether your heart beats high or low, you know, whether um, just get into the habit of that because you know, if it keeps you in a better frame of mind, it's going to keep you from avoiding a mistake, even if you're not having a mistake now. So yeah, um, and it definitely will calm you down. I think you get away from the table, particularly if you're able to go outside and. And I tell you, one of the things, um, you know, I'm obviously disappointed that our, our event in, in at Bequiva was canceled. I was supposed to fly out here on Monday to that. Um, but one of the things I like about being, uh, particularly this tribal casino, is they've done a really good job of landscaping outside, and it's very zen-like. I think it's part of their culture, right? So um, there's lots of times I'll, I'll just go out and, like, their little gardens they have right in the front and sit down, and it's super relaxing. So if you have an, uh, an ability to do that, again, like I said, even if you're having a great session you know keep yourself relaxed so you don't get stressed out but um that that should certainly help i should probably do that regardless of what your heart rate is yep absolutely well there is some good news we can complete o'malley's move today uh i don't know how many o'malley moves are left out there i don't know maybe 
<laughs> well, he's, he's had the earthquake out there in Salt Lake City, too. Oh, great. That's even better. So here's part one, and we'll see you on the other side, then do part two. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are seated in a $1, $2, no limit hold'em friendly home game. We've busted out once already and are currently on our second buy-in. We've been playing around four hours and sit with pretty much our second buy-in of $200. The game is seven-handed. The blinds post, the under-the-gun folds, the MP limps for $2, and we look down at the ace of spades, ten of spades. This is a decent hand, seven-handed, and with only two players left to act, I'd like to buy the button. We make it $8 to go. Three times the standard in this game, but we account for the limber. It's folded back around to the MP, who calls. This player is a solid player. He can be a little loose, bluffs in the right spots, will fold if pressured enough, but generally knows the spots to take advantage of. He sits with 250. There's $19 in the pot, and the flop is the queen of spades, 10 of clubs, 7 of spades. The MP checks to us. This is a good flop for our hand. We have middle pair and the nut flush draw. We decide to bet. And at this point in the hand, I think we want a call. We make it $15 to go. Our opponent thinks for a brief moment before calling. There's $49 in the pot, and the turn is the five of hearts. Once again, our opponent checks. This is a very safe card for our hand. If we weren't beat before, there's no way we're beat now. Could he be playing something like King Jack? Maybe Jack Nine of Spades? We elect to make a bet again and put in $35. Our opponent once again calls after some thought. With 119 in the pot, the river is a disappointing four of diamonds. Once again, our opponent checks. So, there's 119 in the pot, and we have 142 left in our stack. What's the move? Well, I don't think the river card changes anything, so we have to decide how confident we are that our 10 is good as possible. If not likely, that our opponent was on a lesser flush draw uh, with his apparent indecision on every street. But a weak queen would play it the same way. I don't see much upside in betting here. Our opponent has air. He's folding anyway. He's sitting with a weak queen. I expect to make the crying call. I'm checking. Uh, easy, easy check here for me. I, I love that you're so verbose, so it helps me. <laughs> that Because there's nothing else for me to say here. I mean, I, I can't see anything but check here. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't see any other reason to make any other kind of move unless I'm missing information. Like, there's, there's information that... I'm not getting or understanding. I, I totally think we need to check here. So here comes part two. Hello again. I made an error in this hand. I didn't look ahead and manage my stack based on what my river bet would potentially be, and now I'm in an awkward situation here. If I want to make an appropriate bet, I'll be putting in roughly half of my stack. But a shove is more than the pot. I don't know if it was the fact that I'd busted out and was on a bit of a tilt or what, but I decided to shove. Our opponent thought for a while before calling and turning over the Queen of Diamonds, Ten of Diamonds. That was very passively played, but maybe he knows my tendencies better than I realize, and he got the max value by design. Well, two buy-ins is enough for one night. We decide to leave. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying, pay attention to your stack and what you might want to do on later streets. I put myself in an awkward position here. I hope to see you on the felt. Oh. 
Ouch! Even stronger than we thought he was. Uh, but O'Malley's message about managing stack size is a good lesson to take from this hand. But uh, I got to admit, I'm a little surprised by the shove. Yeah, uh, I just can't see any good play other than that check. I mean, the only reason to shove is if we know for certain we're behind and we can get the opponent to fold a better hand. Already being down a buy-in, uh, I'd be happy to just check and hope we can take it down. Uh, at this point, I'm not going to be down two buy-ins. You know, or whatever. I, I don't know if the other guy had more money than us. I can't remember. But um, I just, unless I'm positive that that'll get this guy to fold a hand that I know is beating me, and, you know what I mean? It's just, it's time to just check behind and hope. You know, and say, okay, you know, we got a decent hand. Let's just, let's just check here. But uh, that, well, that had and, to and hurt. there were um, reasons to believe that we could have been good here, right? So um, it's not like we, you know, there's some situations where you know there's no way you're going to win without betting, right? You know, if we were sitting, um, can we even say, yeah, let's say we had deuce tray here, right? <laughs> so we had the worst hand possible. The only way you're going to win that hand is by betting and, and taking down the pot. You can't, you don't have any showdown value, but we had showdown value yeah. here, right? Yeah. So, um, the, 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 that's kind of the bigger reason for me here. And like, uh, we didn't, I don't think we had to bet big to win this pot. We, um, there, there was a lot to suggest that he could have been on a busted flush draw. And if he's on a busted flush draw, then our 10 is almost certainly good then. So, um, but you know, we took a much more dangerous tact, I think for, for not much upside. Yeah. You're only going to get called by a better hand there. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right, start with the advancedpokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations podcast at Andy at magazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Peter Kilman is in the house this week, Chris, all sure. the way from, uh, he says, Hola, hola, monjuas. It's all the way from <laughs> Norway, I think. So. Wow. French and Spanish on one thing, right? <laughs> uh, all right, so he says, uh, truthful listener on my third year. Hey, no poker player's truthful. <laughs> uh, still loving every second of it. And hope you keep making the show exactly it is forever and always. And Chris just, Chris's Apple Watch just went off. This is hard <laughs> And he says, despite uh, not winning any Fancy Pants Awards. All right, thank you. Uh, so he says, the hand came up last night. He thought me interested in can in the hand of the week. Uh, brief background. He says, two nights before this hand occurred, I had played in a tournament at a poker club here in Norway. I had to leave home uh, right before Friday night tacos with the wife and kids. Got hit in the head with a deck all night and finished uh, just a whiff off the money. Bubble Boy plus one. Oh, that's always rough. And finally came home just in time to get the old cold shoulder treatment. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Uh, so a couple of nights later, I'm in the kitchen doing dishes and playing online poker. I try to make up for my mediocre night with a little cash online as I'm doing chores. We are six-handed playing 10-cent, 25-cent blinds. The lines post, and it's folded all the way to us in the button with the king of hearts, deuce of clubs. Well, I mean, it's an easy fold in that, you know, it's online. You're going to get another hand then a second, and the doesn't matter if you want it, if you know the players well and you're just trying it, 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 if it was a tournament i'm probably playing it all the time because i'm just trying to steal the blinds and move get another free round of poker uh in this you know i'm gonna have a bunch of hands for free coming up do i really need to get involved with, with this i don't know I, to me just because i'm in position i mean if you're playing these because you're saying okay this is a real affordable way for me to play poker and i can learn to control you know the the action by being on the button. I get a lot of practice or whatever. Then you might want to try it. But if you're just out in a live game and this happens, 
I mean, I you have to play the players, and why are you putting yourself through this to learn? You know, at at a, if you were playing a ten twenty five game, you know, ten dollar twenty five dollar game or something, you wouldn't be doing this. So, to me, you really you really need to have a reason to play this hand uh, online. If I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it for a raise and hope they just fold. If they don't fold, I'm going to represent whatever comes on the flop and move forward. So, in this hand, I would fold it online. I, I got no reason to play a king deuce off. I mean, it's not Scott Long, you know, nineteen ninety. This is. <laughs> You know, Scott thought any king was great, but this is this is a much more advanced Scott Long, and I think you'll agree with me that we don't want to play this hand. I'm actually gonna sort of disagree. It depends. Now. So <laughs> it depends. What I'm say. Uh, no, if if I've been playing with these folks for a while, and I don't think he's uh, mentioned how long he's been playing this particular online game, if I know the blinds like to defend, I'm folding. There's right. no reason I want to go to war with a mediocre hand like this, right? Right. But if the blinds have shown that they don't like to defend, I, I, I you know, I like using my button advantage and taking shots every wise every once in a while and raising to see if I can pick up the blinds. Because if you pick up the blinds, it's a whole other round of free play you get. So um, it's folded around to us. We're on the button. We just have to get through the two blinds. We do have a king. And, you know, again, it's worst kicker, so it's not a fantastic hand at all. But, you know... If if I've seen the blinds fold almost all the time to raises, I think it's kind of silly not to steal that money when you can. Um, but if they've been defending every single time or, or that, then you're really putting yourself in a in a bad spot. I think with a uh, a weak hand like this. So yeah, so we would, agree. That's it. Yeah, yeah we yeah. agree. We knew if we it's knew like, they're going to be weak and they're going to fold, or if they're yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we agree. All right, our hero says normally this would be an easy fold, but I came to play. I'm in position, I have a king, I go for the button raise with a standard table of 2.5x, which is 62 cents. Uh, small blind folds, but the big blind calls. Going to the slot is flop with $1.49 in the pot. It's the ace of spades, eight of spades, nine of hearts, and our opponent checks to us. Well, I said earlier, if I do play it, I'm going to represent whatever comes. So I've totally given the clue that I have an ace, and that's why I'm raising People may not believe it. They may think we're just trying to steal, but we have to continue with the facade and bet. So whatever standard bet would be after you bet two and a half pre-flop and get a caller, whatever that would be, you bet. So the pot was a dollar forty-nine, I think you said. So I don't know, dollar eighty cents, something like just yeah, something that whatever at least standard. half a pot would be yeah. seventy cents. So at least that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what happens here is that, I mean, you know, people keep talking about, oh, the standard C-bet. But the standard C-bet works a lot. It you does. Know? And in this particular spot, the big blind's probably calling because he thinks you're, you're kind of weak trying to steal it. Um, and then if he doesn't hit any of this and you bet, he folds. He gets out of the way, right? right. So um, so that's it. So I know it's boring and people like to talk about it standard, but it works. So. I think you have to put that bet in. This is a flop that it's good for a raising hand, even though it didn't hit us. Um, and, you know, if we get raised or something like that, um, then that's a different story. Um, so, you know, the uh, big blind could have anything here because he did call, but um, or he could also try and be play back at us with a raise. And if he does that, more power to him. But I, I think if you just slow down now, now you've just wasted that 62 cents you've thrown in the pot. So Exactly. Come in. All right, our hero says, seeing as I have absolutely nothing and should have folded preflop, if I if I hadn't decided to try to make a move, I take one half-ass stab at the pot, the mandatory C bet. I bet just over half the pot, eighty-four cents, 
and I'm called. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, no, you're doing you're doing what's right here. So now now we have to reassess. So the fact that he didn't uh, just call, I mean, a fold means he has something. Could be a flush draw. Could be, you know, an eight. Could be a nine. Could be an ace. Um, but now we, now we reassess going forward. So uh, don't beat yourself up yet. <laughs> uh, pause three dollars and seventeen cents. The turn comes to King of Spades. So our board now is Ace of Spades, Eight of Spades, Nine of Hearts, King of Spades. So of course we pair a king, but uh, spades get there. Um, and our opponent suddenly decides to take control of the hand and quickly leads out for a dollar fifty-two. A little bit, uh, a little bit less than half the pot. Hmm. Peculiar. Our, our our hero says, "What do we do?" Well, the interesting thing here is, I, and I want to know if you and I said we had Queen Jack of Spades and raise on the button got a flush draw, and then we raise this guy's bet now, someone who was analyzing this hand would say, well, you're just playing with your cards face up now because the whole world knows you has a flush. Exactly. Right? So why not just raise now and make him think you have the flush, and they'll say, oh, this guy's got to obviously have a flush, and then he folds. If this guy had a flush, why would he bet into you? You're going to walk the dog. So I think I might raise here. Um because a call, I mean, you could call, and then when he checks to you, you could bet on the end with some, hey, I'm not sure I can win with this hand, uh, but I do have a king, so I have kings. I don't believe this guy had an ace, but if he did, he might have raised me after I bet out on the flop, um, Chuck raised me. So I don't know. It's an interesting uh, dilemma, but uh, if you're trying to represent the flush or you're trying to make them believe you absolutely have a flush, then I would make it like 450 to go. If, if it were... Um, something where it's no, there, you don't believe there's any possibility that this guy's going to believe you have a flush, then I might just call. Uh, if I believe he has an ace, I might just just call and see what the river comes. Maybe I make two pair and then I'm gonna, you know, or another king. Um, it just depends on your read of the situation and what your knowledge of this player. If you're coming in this cold and you have no idea what this guy's doing then I'm probably just going to call. It seems suspicious to me, too, that he's betting into you now. I don't believe he has. He might have picked up a spade draw. You know, he might have a queen of spades in his hand or something. Uh, but it's peculiar to me, So, like he said. Yeah. So um, I think if I can make him believe that I obviously have a flush, then he's going to fold because he, he's not going to um, – unless he has a better flush. Well, not so much a flush. I think really what's going on here more often than not is the guy trying to spook us by think, making us think he has the flush now, right? Right. Knowing that if we don't have a flush, we have to get out because we're not going to catch up, right? So, you know, the one way to combat that is to raise and then show him, you know, hey, I do have a hand. And if he is on that kind of – if he is making that kind of play, then he's gone. So – doesn't even matter at that point, I think. So, um, and I think you said it right. I mean, if you have the flush here, why would you bet out now? Right. You know, if you're drawing to a flush and you hit it on the river, you, you can't run the risk of checking and not getting value out of it, right? But on the turn, it's a different story. We've we, we've shown we've bet every every street here, so why not let us hang ourselves? By betting one more time, and if we do, don't take the bait. And we check, then then you come out betting on the river. Uh, but right now, I mean, this kind of bet is really, really weird to me. So I, I think at this point, let's just show them that we have a hand. They don't know how weak we have, but we do have a hand now, 
And yeah, so I'm definitely going to raise, I think. I'm not going to call. Yeah, I like a raise. The only thing is that I wonder if this guy does have a baby flush and he's protecting against four spades. You that know, why give you a free possible. shot at hitting a fourth spade that's higher than his, you know, five Well, here's the spades. thing. We'll get that answer too, right? If we get re-raised again, then we, we definitely have to get out. So right. now, of course, we wasted uh, a lot of money. But then it goes back to why you don't play King Deuce. That's right. <laughs> but, so, you know, I would rather find that out now than be in a situation where I have to feel like I have to shove on the river or something here too. So... You know, if we raise now and he definitely has a hand, he's going to let us know, and then we can get out. But um, uh, so I think I think there's two two good reasons to raise here. So yeah, let's raise. All right, Arius says I call, thinking I might have sniffed out something suspicious. If, I, if he did his flush, why the hasty lead? Wouldn't it be better to check to the aggressor and let me hang myself. Bet timing is one of the few somewhat reliable tells online. And on this level, players are often not skilled enough to think in terms of, I know that you know that I know. Mm. So I don't think he just made his flush. Either that or he just completed the flush and plays it exactly like this because he thinks that I know that he knows that I know. A lot of friends <laughs> going on here. <laughs> uh, but uh, what does he have? A draw? A naked king seems odd since the ace is out there. Two pair? Or could he possibly just try to donk bet me out of this pot trying to represent the flush? Let's hit the river and find out. So I think all those reasons are reason to raise, but yeah, I mean, call's not horrible, I guess, but I guess we'll figure out what happens going forward. Uh, pot is 621, and the river breaks out with a four of diamonds, so our final board is ace of spades, eight of spades, nine of hearts, king of spades, four of diamonds, and our villain leads out uh, with $2.97, just shy of half the pot. Huh. I don't know. I mean, if our reads earlier were correct, and we don't think he has the flush, then I would just raise again. If if I think well, remember now, we didn't raise. We wanted to raise. He oh yeah, him. that's right. Well, we wanted to raise. Oh, that's Which right. Which I think really makes a big difference in how this plays out now. Yeah. Because for me now, if we would have raised and he didn't have anything, we would he would have got the message right and either folded or made a crying call hoping that he could catch up somehow right yeah. the fact that we just called he's still emboldened to continue to bet here right so so again now we're guessing again right so that's the kind of the problem now i mean so we don't know now whether he was making a move on us or whether he actually had it because we didn't put him into a test oh man it's well, tough there it's... with the king with a bad kicker you know second pair of the bad kicker on a board that's got a flush out there and uh, just a flush. There's no straight yet, right? No. So, well, okay, I, guess so I guess the thing is, earlier we were talking about if you raise that bet, it'd be like your hand was face up and you had the flush. So if we're being a crafty player and we have the flush, we're just calling last street, and now we can raise saying we really do have the flush, get off this hand, whatever it is you have. So if indeed we believe this guy would have thought that our hand was face up that we definitely had a flush on the turn by shove uh, not shoving but re-raising his bet or raising his bet then i think that if we believe that he could have been that type of player then he can also put it together that we're being crafty and we did have the flush but we just called his bet hoping he'd bet into us on the river and then when he did now we can now shove on him or re-raise him and then make him be certain that we have the flush and lay down his his inferior hand. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that we can't beat him with just calling. We're either folding or shoving or you know raising. There's no way. You, I don't think a. I don't think a guy who can't beat kings is making these bets. 
I don't think yeah. a guy who's trying to represent a yeah. flush is only betting. Yeah, I think, right, I think so. That's what we force ourselves into by not raising on the turn. Yes, exactly. Here. So, yeah. so it's or a shove or a fold here. I think I'm just going to – I don't know. I'm probably going to shove because it's 10-25 and I've got – you know, a lot of money in this pot. And I can, the shove tells a story that we made the flush and we're crafty. It tells that we have ace-king and we've now made aces up because we raised pre-flop. Ace came, we represented it. King came, but we just called. That's the only thing. That if we had ace-king, why would we just call on the turn and not raise and re- represent, you know, and protect our hand against the spades and the broadway and all that? So... Uh, that's the only niche or hitch I mean in the in the in the story we're telling, but we could have Ace King, we could have Heart, we could have Spades. I mean, so yeah. Uh, think about what we you were afraid of. You were afraid of the only thing you were afraid of was that he had a baby, baby flush and right. he was trying to protect against right. a fourth Spade coming. Right, so the fourth Spade didn't come, and the fact that we just called on the turn. It's almost like we're letting him hang himself, which is what we're trying to do the opposite of, right? right. So now when you shove here, now he has to wonder whether we were sitting on a bigger flush and walking the dog there, right? So that's a story that we could really tell here. And if he's on a baby flush and we shove, you know, I don't know, this level, I don't know whether you fold any flush, so maybe that's a problem. But that's that's the try. That's the way you have to try to win this pot, I think. So Yeah, I remember uh, when Phil Ivey was – talking about how to play at these levels or how to get better he was saying try to win every single hand at you know five cent ten cent ten cent 25 cent see if you can do it you know to, to figure out a way to win every single hand at this level you know and so what he meant by that was just whatever situation you're in what's the way to win this hand to make this person think the opposite like theory of poker stuff so in this case there's only one way to win this hand we think and it's not the call so, you know, yep. make that bet. I that would have been more aggressive on the river, on the uh, turn, I mean, but now you have to on the river. So I think I'm going to raise and try to win this hand, and hopefully we just take it down without having to show the king deuce. Yeah. All right, our hero says, here's my thinking. He called my button raise pre-flop, but could have done that with anything. On the flop, he could have had some sort of draw, maybe a mediocre ace or a flush draw. When he donk bends the king, an obvious flush possibility, and no longer feel like he has a spades. At this point, I'm thinking that ace rag or drawing hand like jack ten makes sense. Maybe a pair like ten ten with a spade, so that hit he semi semi bluffs the turn. Either way, I suspect the turn bet is a bluff meant to represent the flush. The river bet feels like a blocking bet with a marginal hand offsuit ace or with a rag of spades. I lean towards him having either an oddly played flush, complete air, or a middling hand that I can push him off of. He made a 297, so the pot is 918. I raise it up to 850. It's a bold move, but it's either hit or miss. The sizing is meant to look like a somewhat sizable value bet, and my opponent goes into the tank. After some 10 to 15 seconds of thought, he finally folds, and I scoop the pot. Yay. <laughs> I might be wrong for thinking my king isn't good here, but on this board, I think uh, second top pair of no kicker is going to be second best at best a lot. I uh, don't know if this was played beautifully or horribly, but either way, it worked out this time, and I felt great for winning a hand that I initially had no business being in. Yeah, I uh, one obvious brag here, Pete. I don't know. I appreciate that there. But, uh, um, no, I, I think there's only one way to win that hand is just a bet. I think you're right. Yeah. I think there's no way your king deuce wins there. Um, now there's something to be said for folding and saying, you know, cut your losses and you learned a little bit about this player. Um, because if he now calls and he, he, you know, you lose your stack to two pair or baby flush. So, um, 
poker is also about sometimes taking taking chances or going with your gut. Your gut was telling you that this guy, you know, was kind of semi-bluffing the turn with a spade in his hand and a draw or just didn't believe us and now we don't believe him and you take him to another level there. So it's tough. 10-25, I mean, it, it's a bigger game online. I mean, it, it, there's some pretty decent players, 10-25, that I remember when I used to play that, you know, and it... it there's some quality there. There's some quality players at 1025. They're not all crap because they're playing online and it says cent instead of dollar at the end of the blind. I mean, it, 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 there's some decent play there. So you probably got a thinking player. That's why he went to the tank and he probably said, uh, you know, I can't shove on this guy with my bluff now and my one pair and my ace rag really isn't good or whatever it was he had. And he thought about it and folded and you identified that and and uh good for you you know it's not easy it's not easy online because you can't look at them you can't see what they're thinking you can't see them shaking or moving or trying to intimidate you or whatever it is so you did the best you could with the information you had and you want that's hats off yeah fantastic it's nice when that works out right like you said it's nice when it works out yeah absolutely um that that could have easily gone the other way and you would have been really upset with yourself but (laughs) let's be happy that it worked out so okay well hopefully there's a show next week (laughs) <laughs> hopefully we're, you and I are alive I'm Chris Casenza and I'm Scott Log, and we'll see you at the table Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344 if you'd like to advertise send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.